welcome to the Light Reading Podcast, the Notebook Dump Edition for the week ending January 27th. I had to think for a minute. <laughs> what day is it? Anyway, January is so long. <laughs> what month? We've made it. If you're doing dry January, you're almost there. Just hang in. <laughs> a few more days. <laughs> <laughs> I've got uh, Jeff, Nicole, and Mike with me today. So we'll get started with Jeff Baumgartner. What's in your notebook, Jeff? All right. Well, I think the, the big thing for me right now is that we're getting into the uh, the cable portion of the earnings season, and Comcast was first out of the shoot this week. And you know, with all eyes on how fixed wireless is impacting cable broadband growth, uh, Comcast came out uh, pretty flattish in the quarter. They lost, I think, 26000 Broadband subs, but they would have gained 4,000 without the impact of uh, Hurricane Ian. But, you know, when you put it together against 30 some odd million subscribers, I mean, that's flat. <laughs> I mean, 4,000. Okay. But it wasn't a big loss. So I guess that's a uh, positive for them right now. But uh, they're definitely trying to change, continue to change the, alt, the, uh, the narrative on broadband. They're, they're still viewing ARPU growth as more important of a, a metric than sheer subscriber growth. Um, uh, the question is whether investors are going to share that view. I was looking at their stock today. It was pretty like the broadband growth, pretty flat, not much going on today. But um, I thought one interesting tidbit was that Comcast expects to add about a million uh, network passings this year. So footprint expansion going on um, a little bit more than the 800 and some odd thousand they did in uh, 2022. Um, so a lot of edge outs and types of expansion. So they're going to get some broadband growth from that, just not right away. So it's more of a long-term thing uh, that, that, you know, that's uh, back in the early days when I was in cable, you know, a million dollar, or I'm sorry, a million dollar, a million subscriber cable operator was a top 10. So, I mean, it's like you're, you're building, a top 10 from the, the early 90s era, you know, each year, if you kind of think of it that way. But um, uh, mobile, again, was the big positive. Uh, they gained 365,000 lines in the quarter for, they have like 5.31 million now, and they gained about 1.3 million for the, all of uh, 2022. So still a bright spot. Um, the mobile revenues, I was taking a look, are now eclipsing home home phone revenues. So just kind of an interesting metric uh, that uh, for a service that's really viewed as something that's trying to, to keep the, uh, the home broadband uh, churn down. Uh, pay TV, same old story, lots of losses. Um, uh, I'm not clear if there's still a, uh, a bottom or a, uh, a floor yet on pay TV subscriber losses. Uh, definitely not this quarter. So those are the big things. Uh, the other thing that came out of it is a big global UI that they're going to put together for Skyglass in the UK and, uh, and uh, Zumo here in the US and X1. So just the whole thing about uh, when it comes to streaming scales, the, the name of the game. So that's uh, kind of the strategic reasoning behind that. So that's Comcast for you. And that's kind of what's in my notebook at this point, Charter is tomorrow, and so we'll see how they compare. Qu question for you, Jeff. Actually, a couple questions. I, 
I, I'm Comcast earnings are so interesting. I think they talk about theme parks and movies and mobile networks, yeah. and it's just like it's all over the place. So uh, you mentioned uh, the edge outs. What technology are they using to build those new locations? Well, I believe they're uh, they're going to be doing. If you're going to do anything new, it's going to be fiber to the prem. Okay. So they'll be using Pond. I don't know what I think they were in the past using Epon. I don't know if they've if they're doing any G Pond, but yeah, any new build from now on, definitely fiber to fiber. the prem. And then did they talk about? Uh, of course, as the mobile guy, I'm always curious what they had to say about building a network in their CBRS spectrum that they have. Like they keep teasing it, but they, it never seems like they actually do anything. Did they talk about that during the call? You know, it, it did not come up at all. Uh, you know, wow. it has come up in recent calls. And whenever the investor, uh, the the investment guys ask about it, they say, well, it's opportunistic, it's optionality and so forth. Uh, we don't need to do it. You know, it's there if we need to do it. And I think they just got tired of asking the question <laughs> and getting the same answer, to be honest with you. Uh, but yeah, no Nothing new on on that front. Uh, they didn't announce any specific plans around uh, CBRS this time. All right. We'll wait till next quarter, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hang in there, Mike. <laughs> I, I, fingers are crossed. They're tired of being crossed uh -huh. so long. It's hard to, <laughs> I mean, hard to type yeah, that way. For sure. I know. Like, it's true. Yeah, pretzel hand. Yeah. 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 This is normally how Mike types. Just slapping the keyboard. And and then good things come Actually, out. Actually, I have chat GPT do it mostly yeah, for me. Yeah, anyway. for so, sure. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. All right, Nicole Ferraro, aka George Santos. Hey, just back from Jupiter, where I was the first um, congressman to land. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Etc. Thank you, Kelsey. Um, anyway, back to being the better person, Nicole Ferraro. Um, I am here to talk about uh, uh, BEAD, the Broadband Equity Access and Deployment Program, uh, $42.5 billion worth of uh, broadband infrastructure funds that the NTIA is managing. You've heard me talk about it before. Um, so I have a story this week that's kind of covering uh, an ongoing um mini battle within the industry about how those dollars are going to be spent. Uh, basically, the fixed wireless uh, industry led uh, largely in this argument by WISPA, the Wireless Internet Service Providers Association, has been pushing back on NTIA's uh, exclusion of the use of unlicensed spectrum, fully unlicensed spectrum projects for uh, broadband, um, eligible broadband projects for, for bead funding. Uh, so fixed wireless players have a couple of issues with this. One, um, a lot of them aren't going to be eligible for bead funding if that rule stays as it is. Uh, two, um, you know, areas that are covered by exclusively unlicensed spectrum projects are considered unserved. So it's a threat to their, uh, their market's you know, from their point of view, um, that they could have bead funded overbuilders come in when they've put in their own private capital to invest in these areas that other providers have neglected for many years. Um, and, you know, overall, there's just a sort of general feeling that the NTIA didn't follow the quote unquote spirit of the law, which is written to be tech neutral. Now, I think from the NTIA's point of view, they are not saying you can't use uh, 
they are not necessarily saying you can't use other technologies beyond fiber, but they're prioritizing fiber by saying uh, build out fiber everywhere you can, except in very high cost areas. The states are supposed to set those numbers as to what is a too high cost area to build fiber in. So you have wireless players and fiber industry kind of lobbying the states to set that number at where they want it. Um, and then the unlicensed spectrum piece is the other, you know, sort of big uh, concern for the the wireless players who are basically at this point asking for an amendment to bead um, to say that unlicensed spectrum projects are fully reliable broadband. Um, they've been meeting with NTIA for the past several months um, and uh, released, uh, David Zumwalt, the CEO of WISPA, released uh, a very long letter and presentation summarizing those meetings last week that got into some of the reasons that um, unlicensed spectrum projects should be considered just as reliable as uh, licensed spectrum projects, et cetera, uh, including engineering advances and so on. So um, you can go read all about it all sorts of technical and political issues involved here. Um, so the basically, we're going to need to wait and see if NTIA chooses to respond to this by amending their rules at all. Um, it would need to happen basically in the next six months before they set bead allocations, because once they set states' bead allocations, the states need to write up their plans for how they're going to use that funding. So I think we're going to continue to see um, this battle. The fiber industry is um, very much against any kind of amendments to the bead rules as they are, because uh, bead as it is, is very friendly to the fiber industry, um, but just ignoring the interests of you know the the industries themselves and getting at the heart of what this is this money is supposed to do, which is close the digital divide. Um, it depends on who you ask whether there is enough money in bead to do that exclusively with fiber. If you ask somebody like Jonathan Chambers, who is a partner with Connexon, which is the a broadband consultancy that works with electric co-ops to deploy broadband and also has an ISP arm where if the electric co-ops want to build broadband but they don't want to be the ISP, Connexon will be the ISP. Jonathan Chambers says there's already more than enough money if we were to just use these electric co-ops um, to build out fiber. There's enough money to get fiber everywhere. Somebody like uh, Gary Bolton will say something similar, uh, maybe not that there's already enough money, uh, Gary Bolton, the CEO of the Fiber Broadband Association, but that there's enough money to get to prioritize fiber at very least to to and to not relegate, you know, rural regions of the of the country to what he would call inferior technologies. But then if you ask the fixed wireless players, they say not only is there not nearly enough money in bead to reach everybody, but that if you try to reach everybody with fiber exclusively, we're not going to close the digital divide and all these people are going to be waiting much longer to get service than they would if we just used the technologies that we have now in the fixed wireless bucket. So that's the that's the argument at play. I reached out to Next Century Cities, which is, a, 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 you know, a, a consumer, more of a consumer advocacy organization. They work with local governments to expand broadband. And they said, yeah, we do think we need to see more uh, unlicensed spectrum projects awarded through BEAD. So um, I reached out to NTIA, of course, and uh, they did not answer me. They do answer when they want to. So I think they don't want to be on the record <laughs> on this yet at all, because they're definitely getting hammered. Um, so that's uh, not hammered. They're not getting drunk. That's not, that's not why they're not answering me. <laughs> 
<laughs> we think. We think that's the reason. I actually, yeah, I can't say one way or the other. All I know is they didn't answer me. So, look, yeah. if you want to clear the record on why yeah. NCIA, get back in touch. But, you can make uh, an educated guess on that. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> anyway. but if you were like a betting person then, I mean, where, uh, do you think the, the argument that's being posed from the uh, fixed wireless side is going to change anything at this point uh, based on the uh, 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 the lobbying powers <laughs> that, yeah. that are kind of going at this. So it's kind of interesting. Well, I'm not a betting person because the world is just too much of a ongoing nightmare that changes every moment with some new horrifying yeah. thing. To, so you don't want to I mean, layer on so, yeah. But, but, that. Yeah. But beyond that, um, so the the fiber industry, it's so weird because broadband is weirdly a um, – like bipartisan subject, yet it seems like fiber is for Democrats and wireless is for Republicans when you look at like the hmm. arguments on Capitol Hill. Um, I, I don't really understand totally why that is, except maybe that they like to disagree. So maybe they have a good time finding different lobbyists to be friends with. Um, mm -hmm. But so... In, as far so as far as the different avenues go, no, like they are. Wispa had sought uh, for Congress to amend the infrastructure law to basically make it so that NTIA can't enforce any of those rules. That's not going to happen because the Democrats in the Senate aren't going to sign a bill like that, and President Biden, I don't think, is going to sign a bill that goes against his NTIA chief. Um, so I think they have a better opportunity bullying the NTIA. That's a better word than hammering. Um, I think they have a better opportunity there, but the fiber industry has been, you know, pretty powerful in the writing of the infrastructure law and in the writing of the bead rules. Um, so uh, I'm not sure. But then again, I would say that the states are in charge of how to spend this money and NTIA and the Commerce Department have to approve those plans. But uh, we'll see how much they're willing to disagree with states when states and local communities come to them and say, we have to use fixed wireless here or we have to use you know a non-fiber technology here i don't think the ntia is going to be super interested in having like ongoing battles with local communities who are telling them the technologies they need but it's a matter of like the lobbying power and who really understands what they're being lobbied about um because it's very easy to ex tell people that they need a certain technology when they don't understand why they need it if your argument is better than the other lobbyists. So uh, I'm going to say one more thing. Sorry, I've been talking for way too long, in my opinion. But I, the NTIA is expected to release some more state guidance on um, how they can use their own broadband maps when it comes to defending how much bead money they need and stuff, because that's been a sort of up in the air with how those state maps can be used against the CostQuest data. Um, so there may be more guidance to come in those uh further clarifications about unlicensed spectrum and stuff like that. But I know the fiber industry is hell-bent on um, keeping the rules as they are. So we will see. Shoot. Okay. That is yeah. it. That's a yeah. lot to keep up with. Thanks All for right. doing that, Nicole. Thanks for taking one for the team. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> just imagine you're like never sleeping, just chugging coffee late at night. Like, well, well then I, it could I go don't. this way. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't. Time. There was an ex parte. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> exactly. 
all it's Americano exact, for it's quite literally what it's like at three o'clock in the morning in my apartment. <laughs> Just like random thoughts about bead and the end of the world. Anyway, back to you, Kelsey. <laughs> Thanks, Nicole. Appreciate <laughs> you. All right. Mike Dano, what have you got for us yes. when you're up at night, not sleeping, thinking about yeah. FWA well, and CBRS? Yeah. Speaking of not sleeping and being up all night, uh, this week Verizon and AT&T held their quarterly earnings calls and both Jeff and I woke up at the absolute crack of dawn to cover those earnings calls um, for both of those companies. Uh, but uh, it's and Jeff is still going to have to do it for the rest of the cable companies. Luckily, I don't I don't typically listen to those. <laughs> Poor Jeff is up every morning for seemingly the next week or two doing all those calls. Fun but fact, Jeff's was, not a real person. We actually <laughs> replaced him with a robot three years ago. <laughs> Jeff GPT. Yes. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> that is Android. the way to explain yes. Jeff's output, mm-hmm. to be honest. There you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's always interesting. I mean, listening to those uh, earnings calls is always a, a real eye-opening thing because you really get, it's really the one time every three months that you really get a real clear view as to kind of what's going on at a particular company. Um, you know, you can kind of get a sense of what what's going on with, you know, whatever products they've got or whatever, but you really, they really, you know, get down to brass tacks during those calls and talk about, you know, this is working, this is not working. And so uh, with AT&T and Verizon, it really kind of sounded like a tale of two carriers where, um, Verizon had the, you know, Verizon was real early out of the gate with 5G. They had a nationwide 5G marketing campaign long before they offered actual 5G services around the country. Um, they were, they played a starring role in the release of the first iPhone that had 5G. So like that, you know, the Verizon flag was real strong in the, in the, in 5G. And, you know, they really, um, on this latest call, they really said that, you know, they had, they had basically set their expectations too high and, you know, edge computing, private wireless networks, stuff like that just did not play out the way that Verizon thought that it would. And and so they had to eat a little bit of crow during their earnings call and lower their, um, their expectations for 2023. But on the other hand, we've got AT&T and they, they basically did the opposite. Like they are doing really well. AT&T was really late to the 5G game. They're sort of, uh, they're trailing everybody else in terms of build out of 5G, but they're doing great. I mean, they're getting a lot of customers. They've sort of got their finances under control after selling the DirecTV stuff and ending their their big Hollywood adventure. And at and kind of, they're kind of looking okay now. And so it, it was interesting to see those, you know, this is the end of the year calls. They sort of give their outlook for, for this coming year. And and it really is, uh, you know, sort of uh, Verizon sort of on the downswing and at and is looking pretty good right now. Um, was there any insight on uh, why the edge computing has been difficult for Verizon? Did any of the analysts get into that? They didn't really talk about the reasons for it. I mean, there's a lot of sort of speculation out there about it. In fact, uh, we had uh, uh, after the AT&T earnings call, they held a call for media specifically, and um, that topic came up. And there, the network, the head of network at AT&T is a guy named Chris Sambar. He's been in that job for almost a year now. And boy, he had some interesting things to say about private wireless networks specifically that, you know, he basically said, hey, they've been around for actually a long time. Like this is not a new thing. They've, they were around in the era of LTE and 4G. They're, they're still here in 5G and there's, they're, they're, there's really not that much that is 
really exciting about it. He he does believe it's going to be a business, but he he really sort of put a real pragmatic spin on that whole concept is just like, you know what, it's it's probably going to be a thing at some point, but there's really nothing that's driving it right now. And so, you know, to to say that it's going to be the next greatest thing is is maybe a little bit of a reach. Uh, so that, yeah. Yeah, that was that was pretty interesting from him, that, from, from his perspective. That is interesting because, um, uh, you know, they're trying to figure out like the business cases or the business drivers for 5G. It feels like fixed wireless is a uh, become one for Verizon and uh, T-Mobile and AT&T. Not so much, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting, you know, they, they talked about fixed wireless on the AT&T call. And, and if you kind of yeah. read or listen real carefully to what the CEO, John Stanky, said, he, he basically said that, you know, fixed wireless is really not that profitable in terms of the actual, you know, services that you can offer and the bits that can go through your network. And he he, he sort of hinted that, you know, what AT&T really wants to do is wait until there are services that are more profitable that come along in the future that they can allocate their network capacity to. Um, and so I thought that was kind of yeah. an interesting, yeah, interesting position, but particularly given that, uh, you know, like, for example, Apple is getting ready to release their, so reportedly getting ready to release their um, uh, AR glasses later this year. I, I wonder if that's what he's, what he's thinking about. That's just speculation on my part, but, you know, he, okay. he basically said like fixed wireless is not a great, <laughs> not a great use of your network capacity. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting debate. Yeah. How, yeah. Uh, how the strategies are so different. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Lots to unpack there. Yep. Appreciate it. How about you, Kelsey? Yeah, well, I had kind of a fun one in my notebook this week. Uh, oh yes. AT&T <laughs> um, released a, an, an, well, they announced that they're using uh, robotic dogs from Ghost Robotics for their first net service. I can see everybody shaking their head like, not a good idea. Mike's his head. <laughs> oh. But they can run up to seven miles per hour on flat terrain, which um, I think is is on par with you, Mike, about how fast you run. Right? <laughs> That's way faster than I can run. Holy crap. Um, they can also, yeah, they yeah. can swim too, up to one meter for 30 minutes underwater. It's pretty impressive. Uh, and they're going to be used in uh, for you know, emergency and first responder use cases. They can go in uh, kind of hazmat areas where maybe there's a chemical leak or, um, you know, they can detect IEDs and bombs uh, just and, and go in a lot of places that, you know, might be dangerous for people to go. Um, and they can also launch drones from their backs and receive drones uh, and, you know, carry things, all kinds of stuff. Sounds like Boba Fett's backpack. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Launch things right from the backpack. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Um, interesting, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Can, but can they make a souffle <laughs> or anything? What are they launching? <laughs> Dr- the drones. Yeah. The launch. The launching drones, Nicole. <laughs> Sorry, I got really mad and <laughs> queens came out on that one. <laughs> Why? Are, what are they doing with the drone? What are the drones for? I mean, I'm kill to kill us. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I, I think I zoned out for a second. The murder dogs. Verizon murder dogs. Yes, that's exactly what they're for. 
Oh dear. Kelsey, oh you need to cover this. Oh, no. I think you buried the lead, Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> Verizon is coming to no, kill us with murder dogs. <laughs> oh, AT and T. Oh, that's fine. I expected that. Okay. Yeah. Fleet of murder dogs carrying their murder dogs. <laughs> the Skynet. Uh, yeah, the problem is like we've all seen that Black Mirror episode from a few years ago with the killer robot dogs. <laughs> it's it's hard to yes. um they they just get a bad rap but um supposedly they're they're going to be doing some good things and then uh boston dynamics yeah, sure. <laughs> they also have their dog spot uh and they're i think there's like a university in ontario uh yeah ontario tech university they're testing out the dogs for like nuclear power safety um, and right, right now, the AT&T's FirstNet dogs <laughs> are being used uh, by the Air Force at, at Tyndall. <laughs> Y'all, let me just get this out, okay? Sorry, I'm sorry. But <laughs> you're, you're saying such awful things. <laughs> like, nuclear came up. I mean, don't worry. Okay, so I'm putting. I'm going on mute. I'm going on mute. <laughs> They're going there, so you don't have to, Nicole. <laughs> the other thing I was just going to mention is they are being used at the uh, by the Air Force at Tyndall Air Force Base, so they can patrol the perimeter, send back data, um, and, and video streams. But not Nicole's backyard. You know, I I'm excited. Uh, your your story on that, uh, Kelsey, was it was good because it had all the pictures of it, so you could really get a sense of like what these things look like, what they do. So like. If you're if you're if listeners if you're out there listening to this you should go to the website and find that story uh, the light reading website because it's it is pretty good and pretty interesting. Um, I didn't see any pictures of them murdering anyone, but it, it was a good story. <laughs> I did see your tweet. My you were told not the, to use those yeah. photos, right? Of the, the murder photos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone came to my front door and they were like, "Hey, sign this." It was part of the embargo <laughs> yeah. agreement. Yeah. Just, I also need your. I'm sorry. Back on mute. Back on mute. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's all I got for the robot dogs. Didn't anybody um, see anything funny? Any funny pitches this week? Um, are you guys getting MWC pitches already? Yeah, definitely. I'm on the list, and I've gotten a whole bunch of meeting requests. I mean, we actually we had we had a little bit of Mobile World Congress news. They expect um, eighty thousand uh, to attend, so that's not too shabby. It's not. How does uh, that compare to like pre-pandemic numbers? It's like a hundred thousand, yeah, uh, right? Yeah, it was like one hundred and twenty thousand was like the high point, I think. Um, Nicole's okay. worst nightmare, yeah. next to the robot dogs, for that many people from, in one space. From all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to not ever saying know. a word. <laughs> not saying a word. <laughs> Don't encourage her, Kelsey. Come on. Sorry. <laughs> it's like three people in a room is my worst nightmare at this point. So. <laughs> And the convention center is like maybe a square mile, maybe. So they just pack everybody into that one spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good luck. Oh, yeah. Did you guys sign up for the biometric scan, easy breeze thing? Whatever. Don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know. They were, when I was registering, it was like asking for like pictures and stuff. And I had to hold my phone up to my face within this little circle. And it was supposed to, um, I guess they can scan you so you can go into the, the event faster, something. 
Wow. Another thing Nicole would never no, sign I think up that for. was a hacker. I think that was a hacker. Uh, and just gave away whatever classified documents you were hiding in your house. You just gave them away okay. through that biometric scan. Yeah. Hello. Uh, whoops. <laughs> There's just another Kelsey wandering around right. out there. Yep. Okay, we need more anyway. Oh, mm. Yeah, I, I did. Oh, send them, oh. I sent <laughs> of my hair and skin, so I think that's fine. They, totally normal. And you can give them like a vial of blood or yeah, anything. Yes, for that. I mean, just okay. a small one. <laughs> okay. They were they were like, <laughs> this doesn't match our previous sample. I mean, uh, thank you for sending this in. <laughs> Yeah, they, they, they did said they were gonna send me a robot dog to collect the sample, so I'm just got fine. a big knife. Like, okay, let's do it. Yeah, just, like I'm in. Yeah, Bring it we on. forgot to mention Phil was one of the robot dog victims, and that's why he's not here today. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we Kelsey, haven't announced that yet. Did you, you put that, that picture in your story? Oh, sorry, <laughs> it's embargoed. That's embargoed. Oh, oh my god, is that the dog? Hang on. <laughs> Oh no! Oh, it's Phil! Oh, oh Phil! Hey! Hey, everybody! Yeah. How Sorry are you? I'm late. I was out uh, taking photos of the moon. Did you know that it's really hard to photograph the moon? I'm gonna go back to my dark room now, and I love photos. I, I don't know how to respond to this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for, for those of you listening, yeah, that's Phil. That's Phil Hardy, our boss, just yeah. came in. Not yeah. at all, Jesse. It was really him. Yeah. He, look, he looks again, better than causing... I love news yeah. and photography <laughs> and Texas. Kind of. And Texas, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Phil's going to be so glad that uh, he didn't come to this one again. Yeah, the the last one. Um, How do we get ourselves out of this? Uh, I think I I think Phil's going to. No, I won't do that. I won't subject you guys to that again. (laughs) All right. Thanks everyone for listening in to the Notebook Dump. Thanks to Jeff, Nicole, Mike, Dano, and Phil the Dog. Over and out. Only Mike has a last name. We're Jeff and Nicole. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Bye. He's Mike. Bye, Kelsey. Damn it. Bye, Kelsey as well. So-